This is the Toasted Sister Podcast. I'm Andy Murphy. I'm Navajo and I grew up on the Navajo Reservation. Now, anyone who knows anything about Navajos knows this at least. Navajos are sheep people. Navajo cuisine is based heavily on sheep and so is the lifestyle, culture, and a lot of the art. But sheep aren't indigenous to North America, you say. Yes, that's right, but since the 1500s, when my tribe got a hold of sheep from the Spanish, sheep were fully adopted and made an important staple for our tribe. Sheep are still a big part of Navajo life today, and no other event in the country celebrates that like we do at the Navajo Nation Fair. Every year, contestants for the Miss Navajo Nation pageant are tasked with butchering a sheep in front of a live audience and judges. They're asked about technique, anatomy, Navajo words for anatomy, traditional uses of sheep parts and recipes, all while elbows deep in still warm, freshly killed sheep. This past sheep butchering contest was the first live event since the COVID-19 pandemic took hold in 2020, and I woke up before dawn to be there. So in this episode, you'll hear from the past Miss Navajo Nation, who is Niagara Rockbridge, the current Miss, Valentina Klitso, Navajo Nation President Jonathan Nez, and the contest judges about the importance of Navajo sheep and traditional food. Yes, that was a sheep butchering countdown. Three young women dressed in traditional Navajo dresses are bent over three large sheep and simultaneously cut their throats. Three even younger women, like 12 or 13 years old, held a large bowl under the sheep's neck to catch the fountain of blood. To prevent the blood from clotting, they mixed it with their hands. This is usually the main ingredient for blood sausage. I stood near Navajo Nation President Jonathan Nez and his familial and political crew. He was dressed in his usual work suit, and as the contestants separated skin and limbs from the sheep carcasses, he was among the helpers running fresh meat to a backstage area where the meat was prepped for future meals and food contests. Well, uh, hi there, everybody. Jonathan Nez here, Navajo Nation President. You are uh, experiencing the uh, 70th annual Miss Navajo contest here in Window Rock, Arizona. It starts the uh, Navajo Nation Fair off. It's just been a tradition, of course, 70 years of showcasing our young Navajo talent for our women. And as you have heard, there's a lot of excitement in the air. And, you know, we appreciate these three contestants from all over the Navajo Nation coming out and competing for that uh, Miss Navajo crown. And Niagara Rockbridge has been our Miss Navajo for the whole year now. And we thank her for her hard work. And now, this week, we're gonna have a new Miss Navajo. So we're looking forward to, and very excited to see who will take the reign this week. And as you hear from the crowd, you know, it's been two years staying home, no fair. People are excited. I mean, we're filled to capacity today here in the tent, and people are just wanting to get back out. And I just appreciate the Navajo people for doing an outstanding job for turning this uh, pandemic around. Number one, 
in the uh, country, COVID positive cases. And now we're the most vaccinated people in the country at over our elders, 65 and over, 90% vaccinated. So. So you're out here, you're helping some of the contestants with, um, and you probably got a little bit of grease or fat or <laughs> something on your on your suit here. You know, helping out, getting to touch the the meat and everything. What does it bring up for you? What kind of like maybe memories does it bring yeah. up for you? Oh man, it brings up a lot of memories. I was just going to say, and I'll probably mention this in a little while, this whole country talks about generational trauma and how people were raised. But, of course, you also have that good teaching. I remember growing up when we were butchering that you just don't stand there and do nothing. I can hear my grandma in the background right now. Uh, God bless her soul. She's in heaven now. But I always remember her saying, you don't just stand there. You need to get in there and help. And that's one of the reasons why I jumped in there, just knowing that, you know, you got to help. And that's what uh, the butchering, uh, that, that uh, tradition has taught a lot of us, you know, about the way to butcher, to how to take care of your animals, and also to have that food feed your family. So it's great to be a part of the, the celebration and the event today. And uh, you can see these ladies, they really know how to butcher. And some of those we, we were taught uh, early on to do and butchering cattle as well. And so it's been some time since I came up to Winter Rock, I haven't butchered, so it's great to be right in into the uh, part of the action today. <laughs> so you saw that little girl up front answer that one question, you know, in Navajo and everything. I mean, what does that say to you about the future of Navajo people and their connection to food? Well, let me, let me just say, you know, you hear all across the country that these past two years, our young people didn't learn anything because they weren't in the schools. I beg to differ. I think they learned a lot. They're, they learned a lot about their way of life at home, their culture, their teaching, and I'm sure they all learn how to butcher during these times because that's what we really encourage our Navajo people to do is not just to stay home during the pandemic and just be scared, but to teach our younger generation to learn their language, to learn their culture. It's encouraging to see a young lady here answer a question that was all in Navajo and respond back in Navajo. So there was a lot of immersion programs that were happening throughout this pandemic because a lot of our families spoke to their young people all in Navajo. So it's even more language being learned at our homes during these two years than it is at school because 45 to an hour a day speaking Navajo at school doesn't do justice. It's gotta be fully immersed and I appreciate the Navajo people for teaching their young people about life, the life skills, and also our language. And we heard that today it was very exciting. While the contestants completed each timed step of the butchering process, the crowd cheered and threw out compliments and words of encouragement. The former Miss Navajo Niagara Rockbridge was busy among the crowd and on stage. She's already been through this and knows just how much work it takes. Well, yeah, it's a conta is not angish. Yeah, Niagara Rockbridge and she okay. Ani nashlin dosh gan so hobashish chain. 
I'm the current rainy Miss Navajo Nation 2021-2022. Awesome. So you did this uh, last year. How does it feel to be back under this tent uh, watching these uh, contestants? It's really great because last year it was all virtual and so there was no audience. And this year it's really great to welcome back the people again and really to just um, bring back the people to what has always been a tradition. And butchering is a big part of that, especially with family and providing food. So we're very excited about it. How has your year been? My year has been really great and I'm very excited to be welcoming a new sister into this sisterhood of Miss Navajo Nation. And so I think my year is really reflective of the times that we're in right now in terms of transitioning between coming out of the pandemic and then also still being cognizant of like our health guidelines and things of that nature. How important are traditional foods, especially today, especially after the pandemic or during the pandemic? Mm -hmm. I think through the pandemic, our people have been able to reconnect with their culture and be able to really learn about traditional food, traditional ways of life. And specifically today, you know, there's a traditional foods portion of this competition, not just the sheep butchering. Um, and that will encompass a lot of things that we do as a family and really incorporating that because when we butcher, it's usually as a meal, as a whole. And so that's one thing that we wanted to integrate into this as well, too, from essentially from the corral to the table and seeing that it's organic and seeing that it's something that you're able to know that it's coming from a good place. It was actually Miss Rockbridge and her mother who came up with another part of the Miss Navajo pageant, the traditional foods contest. So the traditional foods competition was started back in 2016. Before that was the five bread competition. And they used to do five bread and then also what we called the, the grill fire tortilla. And that had been removed because although that's something that we like as Navajo people, it's not specifically traditional food to us as Navajo people. And so they replaced it, the Office of Miss Navajo Nation replaced it with the traditional foods competition, which has since 2016 been taking place. So 2017 was the first time that the traditional foods competition took place. And then 2018, and then 2019, and then uh, my year, which is 2021, and then this year in 2022. So we've only had it around for about five or so years. Yeah, that, that's a little bit of backstory on the traditional foods competition. You know, why is it important for young women to stay connected with these kinds of foods? Traditional foods to us as Navajo people stem from not only things in terms of oral stories and teachings that have been passed on by our elders and ancestors, but it's really about the connection that it brings to us as Native people in terms of the stories and the teachings that come along with making these dishes. In Western culture, you have recipes and you make the dish and that's great, but traditionally we have songs and prayers that are related to each one of these dishes. We have teachings related to each one of these dishes. We have certain things that were taught in family members that may differ from one another. That's something that's so great about our traditional foods and our culture as the Na people is that it's, it's kind of like a living thing because if you ask me and then you ask somebody else later on, we may not have the same answer. It may slightly be the same or it may be completely different. It's always evolving, always moving. So that's something that's very uh, significant about why our young ladies are demonstrating that to the people because this is also a part of being a mother and a grandmother who essentially Miss Navajo Nation is to her people. Whatever her people need her to be is who she is. 
And Miss Navajo Nation is always giving knowledge to her people and sharing that abundantly. So, you know, the, the MC up there, he shared a pretty cool story about the uh, fire. Just, um, you know, a little snippet of, you know, how uh, significant it is, how it came about, how it helps the people. Is there a, a part of, you know, food and food story that um, really fascinates you? Or you thought when you learned it, you're like, oh, oh, that makes total sense. One thing I found very fascinating when I was younger is I would see my great-grandmother, her name was Mary Tutsotni, she would, I would stay with her a lot and I was very fortunate to see her and be around her and be taught by her. Uh, she taught me how to make the juniper ash and it's something that's very significant. You have juniper trees like everywhere but um, she would cut them down and she would make her offerings to them, let them, let the holy ones know and the being of that individual know why we're going to be utilizing that uh, specific thing from them and then she would take it we burn it and that's how we that's what we incorporate into our um, blue corn mush and our blue corn foods uh, that's something that's very important and uh, significant uh, specifically about one of the dishes that the young ladies are making as the young women completed the butchering part of the contest they had to build a fire and cook a couple of dishes and bread I can tell you at this point, it was hot under the tent and the contestants were visibly sweaty, but still completely in the zone, only slowing down or stopping to answer questions from the judges. You probably want to know what the judges were looking for, right? Because here are these three young women doing their best with hundreds of eyeballs focused on their every move. With minimal ingredients and cooking equipment and ticking clock, they're supposed to make bread from scratch, a mutton dish, and a traditional dish. I asked the judges about their criteria because they got small boxes of food from the contestants and sat at a table together where I met them. Here's Judge Rodina Jordan Dehosey. I am looking for presentation, how each of them were prepared, and then as well as any special type of cooking technique that they utilize. Like if they utilize any fruits and vegetables for color and taste, and then just the traditional texture of certain foods. You don't want the blue corn mush too sticky or clump clumpy. You want it nice and soft. And you want the color to be blue, of course. And then as far as like the bread, fluffiness is a plus. And I like crunchy bread too, but <laughs> I think fluffiness is a good thing. <laughs> and here's Alberta Curley. Everything looks delicious, but what I was mainly looking for is the mindset of the contestants, their thought process mentally. Good thoughts were put into this, into the food that was being prepared was what I was looking for. And then just um, being able to manage and poise and just kind of like respectfully preparing the food, like not throwing stuff around or, you know, just being real gentle and kind as we're partaking of this food, we would like that, we would like to kind of have that peacefulness as we, as we taste the food that they prepared. So, and then also acknowledging where and who they learned the, the, the foods from, because that's very important is the acknowledgement as we move forward. And it's really important, especially teachings is handed down from generation to generation so we can sustain the teachings that we have. Here's the third judge, Willander Charlie. What were you judging? It seems like everybody was uh, having their eye on different parts of the cooking process. 
most likely the same response and especially the skills that they have and especially like how they cook their meals and especially if it's burnt or if it's had if it's nice and soft and tender so i think those are some of these things that we kind of look for the texture and then even as far as like the flavor of it to see how creative they were in adding additional vegetable or additional items to their food rather than just what they were given maybe then that that would be something that to look at look for as well thank you what what item are you looking most forward to uh, eating and trying i think the stir fry because i think some of them they really did added like bell peppers and these other ingredients which is the added ingredients in which adds more taste to it and then even like the texture to it as well. Can you uh, explain what a stir fry is? Um, traditionally, it's just basically the mixture of the intestine, the sheep intestines. So it's like, it's like the liver, the heart, and then mixing all of those together and then part some fat and then some meat as well. And then again, just adding like other vegetable or other items on the side. As the judges continued with their tasting, the contestants didn't have much more to do. Mutton legs and arms were gifted to family and sponsors of the pageant, and cleanup started as friends and family gathered around each other, masked, of course, for the first time since the start of the pandemic. This was also one of the first times I have been back home at a Navajo event, and I was really glad to see and experience all of this for the first time with my sister, Alicia Murphy. While there, I wasn't able to get an interview with the contestants, but I didn't mind either. They were tired and busy talking with folks and taking selfies. But at the end of the entire Miss Navajo Nation pageant, I was able to catch up with the new Miss Navajo, Valentina Clitzo, via Zoom. Okay, well, good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, whenever you're listening to this podcast. I'm Valentina Klitso, the current Miss Navajo Nation, year of 2022 to 2023. I'm from the community of Black Mesa. Cool. Well, congratulations. It was really great to see all the contestants. There were three of them, uh, sheep butchering contest and the traditional foods contest right at the beginning of the Navajo Nation Fair in Winter Rock. So, you know, that looked like a lot of tough work. You guys were in your, your dresses with jewelry and everything. And I saw some, some sweat, <laughs> some sweat on you girls that that, that was a lot of work. So tell me what it was like for you to do this, uh, especially the sheep butchering part, which happened first. What was that like for you to do that in, in front of a crowd in like this contest mode? I was in the mindset, this is another day of butchering. So I butcher a lot for my family and I grew up doing this all the time. For me, it wasn't something new, but the crowd was definitely something new because they were really excited and the different communities were cheering on each of us contestants during the week. And it was it was really amazing to have that support from our communities. And I really enjoyed it. The one that I had trouble was, with was butchering with a mask on. Uh, I haven't done that in a while. So all that sweat, I was breathing really hard. And it was def- definitely difficult. So that was something I had to train for was the, wearing the mask during the butchering. So I would walk a lot with a mask on. and 
through that time type, type of preparation. You know, you, you just mentioned that you butcher a lot with your family. Who did you learn to butcher from? And um, what other kind of traditional foods do you make at home? And, you know, you learned about from your family. Oh, yes. Uh, I learned to butcher from my grandmother. Her name was Mabel Benali. And I learned a lot of my traditional food and traditional teachings from her. She's something I really look up to and aspire to, to be. But the traditional foods that I grew up with are chief chin, which is a sumac berry mush. And that one's really good. It's kind of a sour. So it's a, a little an acquired taste if you're not used to it. And then the kanesh gij, which is the blue mush. I know there's a lot of different names for the blue mush. And then there's another, one of my favorites is the abet bayonnaise masa, which is like a goat milk pancake. It's a really thin goat milk pancake. And that's one of my favorites that my grandmother used to make for me. And I've tried to replicate it, but sometimes it's just not the same. So it's a hit or miss when I make it. And then there's the bottle krish, which is the blue corn bread. It's kind of a thick, hearty um, loaf of bread that we make. I guess other things that I butcher are <clears throat> the sheep and the goat and the horse as well. In the winter, we eat a lot of horse meat. Okay, awesome. I, I've, I've never had horse meat, but I knew that was always a thing in Navajo Nation. Is that, is horse meat still like a popular food or? Oh, no. Um, from what I've heard, a lot of different families have rekindled that harvesting of the horse since the pandemic because the horse... There's only a certain part of the horse that's medicinal. So since the pandemic was something that widely affected our people on the Navajo reservation, we went back to butchering the horse because that's also considered medic medicine. So medicine for colds, medicine for times of illness. So that really brought back our traditional way of butchering the horse during the winter. So on the horse, the back meat, there's a, a piece of fat on there that kind of clears up your sinuses and that's the part that's medicine to our people. Okay, cool. Thanks for sharing that. You're going to be busy for the next year, visiting lots of people, traveling all over the country and not just uh, the Navajo reservation. And you're going to be talking to people about Navajo culture, about current Navajo issues. How are you going to use your platform to promote traditional food and cooking? To promote traditional food and cooking, well, I've done one so far, which was the sheep butchering demonstration yesterday. Most of this, I was teaching and assisting in another, but also sharing the knowledge that I have about uh, harvesting the sheep and traditional foods that we make with the sheep parts. And I guess a way of food sovereignty is also involving the community. So in a way, I was also learning as... As Miss Navajo, they were teaching me different ways that their community prepares these food for themselves. So I guess in food sovereignty, you have to involve the community. So it's a community effort to just help us thrive again, like in the old ways. So historically, we were community based. So that would help us with our stability, our spiritual and cultural well-being. Tell me about the foods you made for the traditional uh, foods competition during the uh, Navajo Nation Fair. It was after the sheep butchering contest. Oh, yes. Uh, so for the traditional foods category, we were to build a fire, 
we were to make Navajo tea, filet, uh, blue corn mush, bread, and those were the things that we made. Oh, and intestine stir fry, I almost forgot. Yes, right. That was probably my favorite one to make was the intestine stir fry. Is that what you call it, intestine stir fry? Usually we call it taneshkij, which is just a, it translates into our asana zid. So where you put in a lot of different items and then you just stir it up and like kind of make it into a sauce a little bit. Or like saute it. Okay. (laughs) So that's one of my favorite ones to make. Yeah, I've heard people call it uh, a whole bunch of different things. I think uh, our family, we call it uh, the sheep surprise or something like that. Oh, sheep surprise. Yeah, it's just like all kinds of all, all kinds of different things. Uh, uh, you can have a piece of, yeah, the intestines and then other pieces of like the stomach and, uh, you know, just some of those, um, those innards and everything. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> So, uh, you know, you're a young woman, you know, and and there are a lot of young Navajo people out there who, you know, are, are, you know, connected and not connected to their Navajo foods. What message do you have to them about, you know, the process of uh, reconnecting to their traditional foods? and, And why is it important to reconnect to these traditional Navajo foods? I would say to them to explain. Explore, you know, explore who you are and who we are is something that we should discover because I feel like a lot of our youth are a little lost to who who we are and it leads to a loss of identity. You know, sometimes we don't know who we are again and and it's time for us to reconnect with our culture and our language, especially. So that's what my platform is, focusing on the language and the love and the home that we hear from our, our people. Because our our language is definitely something beautiful. It really warms my heart when I hear it. And I really want that for our young young people here today and also here for the future. Is there anything else you'd like to say about uh, food, about your your competition or coming up and, you know, what you're going to be doing in the in the future when it comes to sharing about our foods? Mm, I guess I really want to highlight all the other contestants as well because they did an amazing job and they also taught me a few things because I haven't been there from different areas of the Navajo Nation and just seeing the different ways that they do the intestine stir fry or just watching them really amazed me because they're both amazing women and I really enjoyed my time there with them during the week. That was the current Miss Navajo, Valentina Klitso. Thank you for listening to the Toasted Sister podcast. If you're interested in supporting the work I do here as a native foods journalist, consider supporting via Patreon. You can also make a one-time donation on the podcast website, which is toastedsisterpodcast.com. That's also where the merch shop is, and there you can find t-shirts and bags and prints that I designed myself. I'll be back soon with another episode from The Road. Engineering help this time by Marino Spencer. Music created by C.W. Ione. I'm host, producer, and creator of Toasted Sister, Andy Murphy.